Welcome to the Association Hub podcast, a bite-sized series of weekly inspiration designed to keep curious association professionals inspired. Our topics will cover everything from membership growth to online communities, technology and sponsorship and beyond that. Hello and welcome to the Association Hub podcast, your weekly source of inspiration for all things membership and associations. I'm Angela Shelton and I'm joined by my co-host Alina Lima. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of association revenue streams and exploring some innovative ideas to generate additional income far beyond the traditional membership models and events. That's right, Angela. While we don't want to be dwell on the challenges and be all gloomy, it's essential to acknowledge that the economy isn't going uphill. Member expectations are evolving and membership dues globally are declining. So as we kick off the new financial year, we thought it would be great and valuable to discuss this topic. And to provide some valuable insights, I've invited Deanna Varga from Maven Global, who brings hands-on experience working with associations across Australia. Now, I've known Deanna for a really long time, but before we dive into our conversation, I shared too much with our audience today. Alina, I'm really curious to hear about some interesting revenue generation streams you've come across. Well, Angela, I've been in the association world for 13 years now, and there are countless examples of non-traditional and creative revenue streams apart from general membership. One effective approach is offering member-only content to a broader audience for a fee. By tweaking the marketing message and making use of your existing content and audience, you can sell industry reports, magazines, and other valuable resources to those who may not be ready to commit to membership as yet. You've already got the content, you just need to sell it. Oh my gosh, I love repurposing content and it just seems like such a clever strategy, but it not only enhances the value and longevity of your original content, it also presents some incredibly lucrative opportunities for generating additional revenue. And with tools like ChatGPT available, the process has become so much more accessible. Absolutely. Definitely tools like ChatGPT and other tools, they gain popularity and they can be used and leveraged by associations to monetize the media channels and to tweak the messaging uh, slightly for different audiences. Selling advertising space on websites, newsletters, social media platforms, online communities and webinars can also contribute to revenue generation. Additional associations often overlook the potential of their learning management systems as the revenue stream. These outlets can be included in sponsorship package or sold separately, providing multiple avenues to leverage advertising opportunities. Gerald, that's such a great point, Alina. And I was having that discussion only with Paula Roundtree earlier in the year. So I might touch back on that at a later date. But look, another revenue generation idea that I'm quite familiar with is creating and selling industry templates and digital tools such as calculators and toolkits. These resources can be developed in-house or through partnerships with industry experts like we do with Member Boat and Answers. And these resources can be developed in-house or through those partnerships or you can even look to external associations who want to be collaborating. And this approach is particularly relevant for trade-focused associations as it really helps to streamline tasks for members while also offering the option to sell these resources separately. Ah, God, talking about partnerships, there are so many different ways how you can create partnerships for greater revenue for everyone. And also affiliate marketing shouldn't be overlooked. Partnering with sister associations or industry suppliers allow you to promote relevant solutions to your members. Through member referrals, the association can earn commissions on resulting sales. It's important though to navigate the area carefully while staying provider agnostic and providing the same experience to all the members. 
But there are always some ways to find this balance between generating new revenue and also staying agnostic to any provider. Oh, it is such a tricky area, but you're right. It's about sitting down together, collaborating and working out what each party wants. Another good one, market research and industry benchmarks. I mean, not only are they valuable to the sector, but it is such a clever way to optimize your revenue generation. You can conduct some industry research or create a live dashboard where members can access industry benchmarks. And as I said, you're not only generating additional revenue, but you're also able to position the association as a trusted voice within the industry. Gosh, possibilities are endless, but I know that Diana worked such a long time with associations and I'm really interested to hear her perspective and her tips on this topic. Angela, and I will hand over the conversation to you to lead the way. Hey, Diana, it's so great to have you here with us today. Thanks, Angela. Fantastic to be here and congrats on the podcast. Oh, I thank you. So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So my name is Deanna, as you said, CEO and founder of a company called Maven Global, which is my agency. And we specialize in supporting associations in their revenue generation journey, as well as diversification. And for me personally, I've been working in business events originally, which as many people know, is a core revenue stream for associations. I'm also a board director on a couple of associations and an adjunct professor with the University of Technology in Sydney. Wow, you come to us with lots of great experience. So perfect for our discussion today. I know that you specialize in revenue generation. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pick your brain so that our listeners can just learn a little bit more about it. I thought we could ask by you sharing some of your effective strategies or innovative approaches that organizations can implement to generate revenue in today's competitive landscape. Thanks, Angela. Well, the first thing that I always say is look within because actually lots of us want that silver bullet, but the first thing we need to do, whether we're an association, a small medium business or a government agency, is look at what our revenue streams or our profit generators are within the organisation. Most associations have four or five revenue streams. That's probably an average. Just really take a forensic look. What's generating profit? Are there revenue streams that are standing on their own or are there ones that are supporting others? Now, all of those answers are okay, but you have to understand how your revenue is working internally before you start to look externally. Then if you want to look externally, I've got some tips on suggestions around doing that, but I might save that for a bit later in the podcast. (laughs) Definitely. All right, so what are some common challenges or obstacles that associations face when it comes to revenue generation and how can they overcome them? The first is often a risk aversion and that goes from a top-down approach. That's probably the number one risk aversion. And how I would overcome that is actually looking for that shiny new thing, is looking at what the commercial operators are doing in the space. So if you've got commercial competitors, Look at how they're generating revenue or diversifying. And then two, you could look at your sister organizations, whether it's um, internationally. Again, if they're examples, that helps both staff and the board to help mitigate risk that there are good examples in the space internationally. Skill set internally is another challenge. 
not only the resourcing or talent crunch, but does the association have the right skills internally to increase revenue or reduce costs? An age-old one, we've tried it before. Please, 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 if you've tried it before, look at whether all the circumstances are the same. I guarantee you they're not. So let's try it again if the business case is right. And then the last one, which is I'm really passionate about, is a commercial mindset. And commercial is okay. Making profit is okay. And it's just how do we make that while still fulfilling our mission? Because that's the ultimate objective. So Deanna, from your experience, what role do you see member engagement playing in driving revenue for associations? And can you suggest maybe some tactics or initiatives that can be employed to enhance member engagement and ultimately boost revenue? So member engagement is a really important part of revenue generation and also diversification because your members are one of your core stakeholders. For some associations, they're not a stakeholder at all, but even if they're not, the potential for them to be or your stakeholders. Think about a member as a stakeholder, irrespective of what their relationship is. The key around this is data and metrics. So what are they doing? How are they engaging? Where are they engaging? And a classic example was during the pandemic when everything went virtual, is starting to look at how or what duration did people engage with? So for example, a webinar, did people watch it all the way to the end or what point did they drop out? If people watched it all the way to the end or it was shared, it really showed that that was good content. And so how associations are using that is saying, okay, that's a topic that is really critical. So for my sponsors or my potential new partners, I need to find someone who's good at that or I could find a good speaker. But for also for members, knowing that that's a, or a stakeholders, that's a topic that might um, help attract delegates to an in-person event. So how do you use the data and metrics around that? And so member engagement can generate new revenue streams or enhance existing ones if you know how to read the data and the analytics around it. I love that. I love that so much, actually. And I think that's one of the most underutilized tools is data. It's just something that it needs to be on our uh, bottom level all the time. All right, so let's talk about technology because we know that this has taken a forefront of our associations and AI is not even on our doorstep. It's in the front door. So looking at technology, AI, digital platforms, how do you see associations leveraging these tools to diversify their revenue streams and engage new audiences? Well, actually, I just attended a workshop with the Professional Convention Management Association last week on their new uh, platform for meeting planners of which we know many associations are, and it's called Spark. And one of the really good things that it did was it helped generate, take a video. So if you've got some video content and you want to send that out to your member base or your subscriber base, then this gives you a snapshot very easily to do. So the way the technology, one, it saves you time. We know that if you're clever with it. But two, it creates the snippets for you, particularly if you don't have a lot of resources internally or you don't have a marketing team. These AI tools help you create snapshots for you to then increase your reach so that you're marketing your content to your subscriber base or your member base in a short, sharp way. And you can also adapt that to be the right tone for your audience. The other thing, and I talked about skill set a bit earlier, 
The other thing that I, as a business, the way I use AI technology is I can research associations or research themes that are coming out. If I get a long list of leads and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm targeting the right ones, so I use it as a research tool. I always check the data is correct, but you use it to save a lot of time. And things that I would give to one of our, our research team, I can now do it quickly myself and then I can get the research team to look deeper than they would have previously because of, of more time being available. So it's about, and I heard again at this PCMA event, the keynote speaker said, use AI as your personal intern, which is a very good way to think about it, I think. That's a really interesting way to look at it. But again, I love that you brought that in across the board for how organizations can use AI because, again, it comes back to that data management and it makes us so much more time efficient. It really does. Can I then please ask you if you can provide some insights and examples around some successful revenue generation initiatives or case studies you've seen other associations effectively adapt? Oh, there's so many, Angela, where do I start? And in fact, we've got quite a few on the associations platform. We have quite a few case studies where we have different associations talking about some revenue streams. But one of the things I think I would say rather than give case studies is ICA, the International Congress and Convention Association, did some research earlier this year and they asked a question, what's your main source of revenue? And membership dues often a source, events and exhibitions, journals was another main source of revenue stream, sponsorship and advertising. And so the thing I would ask, they are traditional revenue streams. The thing I would ask, if an association has the journal as their main source of revenue, and if you have a journal in your association and it's not generating revenue or profit, then take a good look at that and go, why are some associations saying that our journal is a key number one revenue generator? And so that's the way that you could look at how to, you know, that's the case study for you is starting to look at it yourself, compare against, as I said before, your commercial competitors, as well as your sister organizations. And that will help you start to understand where the revenue streams are. The other thing I will say, we've just talked about data. Data is gold. And this is actually where most of the revenue opportunity lies. It's knowing your data, knowing what value proposition you have with your data, and this is really important for those who are advocacy associations as well, because that how members or stakeholders are engaging with you is a critical part that you can then commercialize or monetize. Mm, absolutely. I really loved that you touched on there about looking at what your sister organizations are doing. If the journal's not being as profitable for you as it is for them, actually reach out and have a chat. I feel like that's something that we could get our associations doing so much more with each other, regardless of industry. You don't know what they're doing and they're all those little bits and pieces we can learn from. I think it was Mar Marion from the Refrigerator Association who you had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. She made the comment of reach out to your associations and it's so true. Uh, we run workshops where we get associations to talk to each other in revenue generation and that's a critical part of learning from the mistakes and the opportunities of others. Oh, I love that. I want to see more of that. All right. So as we wrap up our conversation, is there any final piece of advice or insight that you'd like to share with our listeners? 
Can I give two? <laughs> Absolutely. So the first one is ask the question. And I don't just mean surveys. You can just have face-to-face conversations with stakeholders. But ask and then listen to their answers. It's so critical that you do ask and listen. And that listening bit, are we really listening and hearing what they're saying? So that's probably a critical point. And if you think that you're doing that already, then question yourself as to whether you really are doing it. So that would be my first tip. And the second one is a risk framework. I presented at an international conference uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and there were 25 associations in the room. And I asked who had a, a risk framework or a risk appetite statement, and no hands went up. So the risk framework is a really critical part of giving your management teams the framework by which they can operate, the level of risk, that they can take when exploring new revenue streams. It doesn't mean they'll act on it. Often we need the board to approve it, but it gives it, it's a unanimous way for the board and the management team to understand what the bookmarks are into, or the bookends are in terms of that uh, revenue appetite or the, the risk appetite. That's great advice. Look, for our listeners out there today, Deanna's got some incredible resources on Maven Global site, really brilliant white paper. And if you want to know more about this, I really want to encourage you to reach out because it's a big conversation. And I love that you said, don't be afraid to ask the question, which is great, but make sure you're asking the right question of the right person. Absolutely. (laughs) But look, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us. And for our listeners, if you've got any questions, we're going to drop Deanna's contact details so that you can reach out to her. Again, Deanna, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Angela. All the best. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe. And if you'd like to join the conversation, reach out to us at associationhubpodcast.com. You can also find out more at answers.net.au and memberboat.com.au. Until next time, stay curious.